welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today's guest not only has an amazing reputation on the court, but also off of it. She is bold and brave. She sets trends and comes fully equipped with loads of personality and a contagious laugh. Not to mention, she has some of the best hands on the court. With over 25 WTA doubles titles under her belt, she has also won several Grand Slam titles in both women's and mixed doubles. And she also happens to be a proud gold medal winner from the 2016 Rio Olympics, where she won the gold or the mixed doubles title there. Not too shabby. In the past year, we've seen her launch her own court collection as she's teamed up with Lucky and Love, which you can find at tenniswarehouse.com, of course. She's commentated at major tournaments. She's competing and navigating nagging injuries, all while impressing us with her individual style and positive voice through it all. Well, I'm pretty sure she's friends with everyone on tour. We at Tennis Warehouse are always excited when we get to talk to her, and we're in awe of her sunny outlook, her sparkly smile, and her amazing skill at pegging just about anyone on the other side of the net from her. <laughs> Who is this amazing yes. lady? Please welcome Bethany maddox Sands to Talk Tennis. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Listen, I think you need to intro me before all my matches. There I mean, I'm here for it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Actually, I'll just walk off. <laughs> My job. (laughs) Well, I mean, you're pretty badass, not gonna lie. And (laughs) I have to say, when I started creating this idea of a podcast, you were the very first person that I wanted to talk to. So this is amazing. It's been a long time coming, and I appreciate so much for your time. And thank you for being here. No, of course. I know we've gone back and forth (laughs) in emails for a while. So there's there's a lot. I'm amped to be the first guest on your podcast. I know. So excited and. Uh, yeah, it's just this is the perfect format for you. I'm sure you're good on every format, but loving the podcast situation and we can just dive right in and just start talking all things, Beth. And let's just start with how did you get started in tennis and how did you know that you were going to be good at it? And who were you? <laughs> <laughs> who were some of the people that you looked up to when you were younger? Yeah, so I, I got started. I played um, tennis with my dad when I was there. He was the one who got me started, put a racket in my hand. I um, First time I did that was when I was five. And I played a lot of different sports, though, up until I was 12. So I was a multi-athlete, which I'm glad I did. I think it helped me become the athlete that I am, the player I am. I think it prevented a little bit of burnout at a young age because I was able to do so many different sports. But, um, you know, I think from the beginning, I was I was pretty athletic. Uh, you know, my dad tells this story that I knocked him over with the first ball he ever fed me. Um, but I started playing tournaments when I was seven, believe it or not. And I actually remember the first tournament that I finaled. I was seven years old and I was playing 14 and unders in Minnesota. And I made the final. Dang. I played a 14-year-old girl. I think she was the number one <laughs> or two player in the state. And I ended up losing. And oh, no. I remember being pretty bummed, but I had, it was my first trophy. I was so proud of that. And I think from a young age, really, I played for trophies. I don't know if it's the same thing now in juniors, but whenever I played the club tennis up in Minnesota and Wisconsin, the Midwest, the, all those junior tournaments, they'd have the trophies on a table right as you walk in. Yeah. And I just would, some of them were huge. <laughs> and I'd just be like, that's what I want to win. Like, I don't even remember some matches that I played. I don't remember the people. Actually, I have more people... <laughs> 
email me or message me saying, do you remember when I played you when I was 10? I was like, no. no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just, that's not me. That's so funny. Um, but no, I knew I was, pr- I was pretty good at a young age. I, I went up in the rankings pretty quick. I played juniors. Uh, obviously, when I was up in Minnesota and Wisconsin, I started playing, you know, 12s and 14, 16, started being some 18 year olds. So it was about that time that my parents decided that I should move down to Florida. And that's when I started playing tennis a little bit more full time uh, when I was 12 years old. I went down to Boca Raton, Florida, and I went to Everett Tennis Academy. Okay, so college was never really in the picture. It was always like, let's go pro. We've got this, right? Yeah, I think, you know, I think my dad just saw the the talent that I had. And I, I think at, at the time where I was coming out of juniors, it just, it wasn't the usual path to kind of go through college. I mean, I know someone, Lisa Raymond, who's actually, who's a little bit older than me, did do that and had a really successful professional career, but it wasn't as common as it is now. I think you see players like Danielle Collins um, doing really well um, after a collegiate career. And I think it's great that it's a stepping stone. I think it's important socially. Uh, Believe it or not, I was actually really shy when I was younger. I, I, I was going to ask lot. you about that. I don't I believe was it. <laughs> so shy. No, I tell people this now and they're just like, yeah, no. But I painfully shy. I, I think I always had this colorful personality. I just mm-hmm. maybe didn't know how to express it. And I was around a lot of people older than me a lot, especially in the tennis world. And especially when I was playing up in age groups, you know, I was, yeah. I was a little outside my comfort zone. So I was really shy. And, you know, it's, I, and going back to kind of the collegiate step, I think it's important, you know, for, for a social step. I, even if you see players playing a couple of years now, if they play all four, I think it's great that it's an option now. Um, it just, you know, it wasn't really uh, talked about when I, when I was growing up. I did turn pro when I was 14. It was really young. And I started playing pro events at that age. I still played some junior events uh, till I was 18, but it was a it was a medley of, of professional events and, and junior events. Now, I actually just saw your post on Behind the Racket. I loved it. And <laughs> you kind of talked about um, attaching ourselves to winning and losing with tennis. And that is constantly, I mean, I'm not even competing right now, but I, I know that feeling so much, even just on a practice court. It's so easy as a tennis player that's devoted so much of their life to this sport to just really attach to your performance on the court. And that kind of you start valuing yourself depending on if it was a good day or a bad day. And you've talked about overcoming that now. You know, it's been a while, though. Like, I'm sure when you were younger in the, your teens on tour, talk about how challenging that could have been or was, I'm sure. Yeah, you know what? And that's a, a more recent sort of win for me, I think. Yeah. I, you know, if you would have known me 10 years ago, I was the worst loser ever. You know, I was never mean, but I was so hard on myself. I, totally. I was so negative. Like I would go in a shell, go in my room. I wouldn't talk to people for days. And I look <laughs> back at it now. And I'm just, first of all, I look back and I'm like, what a waste of energy. Cause I, I look back and some of the losses I don't even remember really. And yeah. you know, what's happened since then I've had some of my best results after some of the losses. And I totally. think, you know, I think it's especially challenging for, for tennis players, especially when you're playing singles, but even a little bit of doubles. And it's because you're out there by yourself. And it's just tennis is if you win, you move on. If you lose, you're out. Like I, There's not too many, you know, sports where 
it's so black and white on your performance. And I think I see a lot of tennis players really tying their identity to their wins and losses. And it's not really, it's not just tennis. It's something that you carry into life and people, you know, if they had a great week at work, maybe they did something well, then they have, it's, they're happy and they're excited and they're, yeah. they're a different person. They're socially outgoing. And then all of a sudden something bad happens and they change. And I just, you know, I guess I got tired sort of of the ups and downs for myself. And I just, really had some meaningful deep conversations bethany to bethany and i think <laughs> nice. those were those were really empowering and i really came out of that determined to not let circumstances and losses you know change how i thought about myself change how i treated people you know it's just think of it this way if you play a tennis match and let's say you lose seven six in the third you know we talk about it so differently if we would have won seven six in the third or if we would have lost seven, six, and a third. And there's not that much difference of our plane. We could have right. maybe even lost on two, one or two points. Yeah. And yet the way we talk about that match if we lost is a com- is completely different than if we talked about it how we won. And that's what I challenged myself to, uh, to really be as close as I could to evaluating my matches the same because you still want to learn from your losses. I'm not saying, oh, we're going to ignore it. It's all sunshine <laughs> yeah. and rainbows. <laughs> Um, but really look at it more objectionably. And I think it's really helped me emotionally from tournament. It's helped me through my injuries. It's helped me be outgoing in doing things outside the court. I mean, I think there was a long time, you know, when I was younger, since I started playing when I was five and that's all I've done. That's really, that's the only job I've had. (laughs) And, you know, there's a moment where you get towards the end of the career and you're like, you think that's all I can do. Like, Maybe I won't be passionate about anything else. Maybe I won't even be good at anything else. Right. And I think once I, you know, those thoughts popped in my head, I was like, all right, no, I'm going to, I'm going to look at this a little bit different. And, and that was the challenge to myself. I think, you know, I have a great team surrounding me, but you know, my sort of motto is really encouraging everyone to kind of find the power within. We all have what we need. We all have everything we need. We're good enough. And it's great to have a great environment, but we have so much more power within ourselves. And that's kind of, you know, what the example that I want to set. Um, and it, it was tough for me in the beginning because it wasn't my first, that's not my first reaction. I look at someone, right. you know, I play doubles with like Lucy Safarova, who really was the same after a win or loss. Like she could have lost a tough quarterfinal Grand Slam match. And if you needed to talk to her as a friend, she would stop everything and just talk to you. And I, was just, <laughs> and I told her, I was like, Lucy, I get so jealous how you're like, yeah. okay, after losses. And, and um, but I really admire that in her. And I admire that in, in any player that can do that. And it's not to say that she's not competitive. Um, obviously, we're a little bit different personalities. So I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to change myself. But I, I think I'm just trying to, I'm looking to funnel, you know, the energy and my personality in the best way I can so that I'm ready for the next day or I'm ready for the next match or I'm ready for whatever's next in my life. That's yeah. such a healthy mindset. And we've we've really noticed in the last year, or I've really noticed in the last year, you really have changed your perspective and everything's been a lot more positive. And I'm going to say one more time, just because I do feel like you have been influencing so many people in such a positive way. I don't even know if you're sure of your reach. But when I started um, putting the podcast together and I was asking basically for permission to go ahead and do it, one of your Instagram posts came up and was quoted and it was like, yeah, go do it. Like, go do your thing. Like, look what that post literally 
Literally, look what Beth just posted on Instagram. Use that as your motivation. So there we go. Yeah, that makes me so happy. I mean, that's oh my what, like, gosh. Yeah, for me, I, I post a lot of quotes, and it's actually very personal because that's one of the ways that I helped shift some of my negative energies into positive energies. It seems like sometimes they're so strong, we feel like we can't we can't turn it around. We might even know that we should be positive. Right. And I challenged myself because that I didn't think that was good enough. I didn't want to just intellectually know I should be positive. I could know the words to say, but that's not what I was feeling. And for me, actually quotes helped a lot because I would save a lot of quotes when I was in a great mood mm-hmm. and then I would go back and read them and I'd be like, God damn. All right. I do believe this. And I, yeah. and I put myself on blast a little bit, but in a yeah. good way, because I I'd give myself the option. I'm like, Hey, if you don't believe this quote, like you can go be angry or be frustrated, like go do it. And I'd have to be like, no, but this quote made sense to me yeah. then and it still makes sense. And it, it was just like that, those little things that helped me turn around some of those, those stronger negative energies. And it's like anything it's with practice. Like you get better at it. It gets easier. And then at some point you're just, you look back and you're like, why did I even like, I don't even know why I went there. And it's, and it's not to beat yourself up, but you can just see, you know, the progress that you've made. And, and that's what it's about. It's not even about looking back. And I feel like that's another tennis player thing is we look back, you know, even on matches and say, I should have done this, or I didn't see what I was doing to my opponent. And we just have all this where we're like looking back instead of playing point to point. And it's useful to know maybe what's working and what's not and what the challenges are. But sometimes you got to let go all of that and go out and, <laughs> yeah. and, and play and just trust that everything that the adjustments you wanted to make or the strategy you wanted to take out there is going to be in there. And that's, you know, that was part of my my system, too, is really letting go of, of some of those critiques um, of my past performances leading into some of my current performances. Now, was it the injury at Wimbledon that kind of spurred this new mindset? Or was it just, do you feel like it's something you've matured into? Or, you know, it just all came together? When did Uh, you, can you pick a point that, you know, you kind of just started shifting the way you're thinking about things? It was really, when I really started shifting was the, I think it was 2015 French Open. I won, um mixed doubles and doubles that year that was the year Lucy made the finals we just yeah. were, played a million matches and made it to the end and before that tournament started I, I was talking to one of my guys that I talked to for for mental stuff and I just really had a breakthrough and went on the court playing for me and I think that was the beginning I wouldn't say I changed a ton of things I know people like to ask that you know when you have a yeah. great result all of a sudden it's like what would you do it's like I've yeah. been doing a lot you know the last few years I've been working on it I, yeah and I think I was always kind of on this this road and this journey I think that was a big breakthrough moment and then after that it was probably my big knee injury where I really I had posted something before I had gotten hurt about not allowing your circumstances to dictate your attitude and I went, and at that time I was number one. I'd, I'd just won three slams in a row. I'd won a gold medal. Like I was flying Good high, momentum, yeah. confidence, <laughs> and it all stopped. Yeah. And I had had that quote, I think a couple days before. And I was just like, damn it. I, mm. I gotta like Beth, Hey, you can either live up to it or walk the walk or to take time. Like nobody's going to judge you. It's not, it was a very personal decision. I wasn't, I kind of put it out there because my injury was so public and I wanted people to one, not have that lasting image in their minds as the last thing they saw about <laughs> me. Um, 
but I, um, I put it out there publicly on kind of my road back of my thoughts. And I, you know, even to this day, so I, we did a little dance with Lucy po- in the hospital, actually. I couldn't obviously move because my leg was still, right. uh, knee was still dislocated, but we did like a little Beyonce arm routine with Shanti. <laughs> and I'm, to this day, I'll tell you that that's my biggest win I've had of Aww. my career. I think that's something that I would have never thought I could do um, in just coming, not forget how I reacted after losses, but with such a stop in my momentum and unsure of what the future and my chance at Wimbledon, just all those thoughts to, yeah. to have myself go out and do that and enjoy it and laugh a little bit is still to this day my biggest win. That's amazing. And you've been so vulnerable through it all. And I mean, I personally find vulnerability a hard word to say, but also it can be very scary to open yourself up to, you know, you have such a wide audience and you have people watching your every move. How do you feel about being so vulnerable? Is it, did it take some time or do you feel like you just kind of grow and feel more empowered when you're sharing your story? I think there's a little bit of being empowered, sharing your story. I, I think as much as I post on social media, I've really, I still do it to the point where I, it's not a job. I do it for fun. I'm, I'm posting yeah. pictures that I like. I'm posting moments that I love. I'm posting captions that are funny. I'm taking you along the journey behind the scenes on my story. And, you know, to me, being open is is actually very empowering. I think so too many years I spent keeping a lot of things bottled up. Yeah. And here's here, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you this. I think <laughs> we all think we're better actors and actresses than we are. We all know when someone walks in a room and they're not, not feeling good and they don't have to say a word. Right. And I think we all think we can hide that better than we can. And we really don't. And, and I'm not doing it maybe for, for that reason, for other people. I've really, challenged myself to for emotions if they come up to really see to assess what they're there for like you know if there's an angry emotion or a frustrating emotion and it comes up I want to know why a little bit yeah. like, what's the reason a lot of times there's just this deeper rooted reason and it's usually pretty simple and we just kind of create all these monsters uh, these big scary monsters that when you turn the light on them they're really they're not, they're not that big. And sometimes they're not monsters at all. It's a chair in the corner. (laughs) We've been so scared of it. Right. And I've just gotten in the habit of, of doing that. And I think with that, you really, it empowers yourself that you don't mind being vulnerable because you don't view it as a weakness. I think we all have certain things we're comfortable with and uncomfortable with. And I've just learned that that's okay. And I'm okay. Kind of showing that side of me I'm okay being real and honest and you know people can have thoughts or feelings but I'm a big believer in the energy you give out is the energy you get back and that's just what I look to go and if if there's some people that maybe aren't on the same journey as me that's okay too everyone like everyone needs to find their own path and I and I say that um I say that seriously, just because we can be surrounded by people who are positive. We can have people telling us we're doing a great job. And if we don't believe it ourselves, it doesn't matter. So it's, we're all on this journey. We're all here together, but we're all in charge of our, our personal journey. 
That's awesome. I love those words. And you're doing obviously an amazing job. And I do have to let you know, you're probably already aware of it, but many of the up and coming Americans really see you as someone they idolize and they look to you for encouragement. I mean, we work with a few of the up and coming players and they're constantly talking about you and how positive you are and how great you are and how they'd love you to like help them out and kind of you're a mentor for them. So I really just <laughs> want to give you props on that. It, I think thanks, that's thanks. just absolutely amazing. And I was going to ask you when you were stuck in situations when you were younger, did you have someone on tour that did that for you? Maybe not even someone you knew, but someone you could watch from afar that really inspired you. Well, you know, when I was young, actually, I got the chance to uh, hit with Monica Sellis when nice. I was seven years old, and she was she was my idol growing up, and I think that was one of the reasons like I kept playing tennis when I was that because yeah. at that time I was seven years old, I was still playing other sports, you know, I was in school and um, you know hanging out with friends, but she signed my autograph, she hit with me for a little bit, and I nice. think that's kind of what set me on the on the course, and I've always loved Monica, I've always loved Steffi. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, when I'll go back to like, I was really shy. I think, you know, I, part of me looks back and maybe wishes I would have been a little bit more outgoing and asked questions and talked about things, especially when you're new on tour. And that's why I feel like I'm really open to kind of the younger generation coming out Mm -hmm. because I knew at one point I was there and, you know, as good as I was, maybe there were other things I wasn't sure of, or I wanted to ask some questions or it was just a new place. There were new people. And, you know, so I, I've always talked with the younger, younger kids. And if, if my journey and my personality helps them in any way, that's a bigger win for me than all my, all my children <laughs> affecting people like that. So it, it makes me happy that to hear that, that, that people oh, yeah. are, are listening and they're inspired by it and that, you know, I'll continue to do so, but it's, you know, tennis can be a, a tough life, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially when you're out there on the court, whether you're playing high school tennis, I mean, whether you're playing college tennis, it's, you know, it's a, it's a great sport to learn a lot about yourself, but yeah. in the end, it's, it's on you. It's, you know, it's, I, I know, you know, in the, in the schools, it's a little bit more of a team environment. And I think that's good. Um, but when you get on the, on the pro tour, you know, and even then when you're playing singles in, in college or in high school, it's that matches on you like that. Nobody yeah. said, hey, why did we miss that forehand? No, it was why I missed that forehand. Why did you miss that forehand? There's no, totally. there's no we in that. Yeah. And I think it does build you know, some strength, inner strength for sure. But I've just seen some players, you know, not like that or not be able to hand it or not have the right environment around them to help them succeed with that. Cause I think tennis is such an awesome sport uh, to, you can play for life, obviously. And yeah. it, you learn so much about yourself without saying it's good exercise and all of that. It's, <laughs> it's a really an amazing sport. And I I'm doing my best to, uh, to show that to everyone. Nice. I think you're doing a great job. Now, we've talked about the positives. Let's kind of hit on some of the negative stuff about being vulnerable, about being in the public eye, about just being honest. Do you, I don't even ever see any haters around you, but even if it's a commentator saying like, oh, she's not ready to play or whatnot, how do you deal with some of the, <laughs> the negative stuff? And do you just like not even let that bother you and just keep trudging on? Or how, how do you handle it? Yeah, I, I think I'll go back to the comment that the energy you give out is the energy you give mm-hmm. back. And I think sometimes, you know, I'm, maybe they're out there, but I, in all honesty, I feel so fortunate to have amazing 
fans that follow me, amazing friends and fans that are basically family. And they've gone through the journey with me through the ups and the downs, through maybe losses that I should have won, wins that I came out. Like they've they've all been excited to be a part of the journey. I think, you know, showing the vulnerable side kind of helps tell the story a little bit about where I am, what I'm going for. Um, you know, but there's there's always going to be negativity out there. There's always going to be, especially in the media. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's that's almost what they're there for. They're there to to kind of stir the pot up a little bit. And right. really, I choose not to to let it let it bother me. Why focus on? Let's even say there's five percent negative something being said about me, and then I have ninety five percent of all these amazing positive support. Like, why why would I focus on that five percent? And it's not. It's not to say I'm ignoring it. I mean, I don't go out of my way to continue reading articles or listening right. to someone that's the road they're going down. Yeah. But I, you know, I just, it's, hey, it's their opinion. And maybe they don't know what I went through in that match. Or maybe they're having some issues with themselves. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And I prefer not to even, even dive into that. And I, I, all I can do is is focus on what I want to focus on, give the energy that I want to give out. And, and that's it. And I've really, I'm happy that there's more people than not that are on the, on the same ride with me. And that's just how I, how I live my life. That's how I, I would be, whether I was playing tennis on the court and in the spotlight, or if I was, whenever my career is over and I'm doing something else, or if I didn't play tennis altogether, that's, that's how I've chosen to, to live my life now. Nice. That's a good perspective for sure. Okay, let's transition a little into something more fun. Let's talk fashion and all things. We have the new Lucky and Love collection that you have started working with them and designing your own apparel. And it looks amazing. Talk to me about how that collaboration came about. Did you ask them? Did they ask you a little bit of both? What's the deal? (laughs) I think it was a little bit of both because I've actually been wearing Lucky and Love um, for the past few years. I mean, you guys have carried their stuff for a long yeah. time. I feel like they've always had the most interesting tennis clothes. And for me, that was a big deal. I felt yeah. like I remember watching a match on TV and there were two bl- girls. And actually, I don't even remember who was playing. All I remember is glance, walking by and glancing at a screen and seeing blonde hair, ponytail, Nike kit from top to bottom, and I didn't know which one was which at, from that <laughs> distance. I was like, if I don't know, I, I'm friends with everyone. Like, and yeah. I don't know, fans don't know. And I, right. I've just always had, you know, this love for fashion. Actually, when I was younger, fun fact, my aunt, my dad's sister, would make me my tennis clothes. So she, oh. we would pick out fabrics, and she would make my skirts and matching tops, and I'd That's have, like, so sweat cool. jackets. <laughs> and so I was always wearing something different when I was younger playing matches. But, um, for yeah, so Lucky and Love, it was kind of a mutual. We started chatting last year, and this is the first year I've had my line. Australia was my it was the beginning of my BMS collection and it was a very it was a very personal one. It was based on my tattoos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they took sketches of the tattoo on my arm and and put it on the clothes. But I've had a few capsules since then. And it's really been awesome because I've had a big say in the design process, in the colors. If the if I want the shorts a little bit longer because so they don't ride up, I've made right. that comment. The biggest thing I wanted was a high waisted skirt because that's the only yoga pant I wear. I was like, <laughs> it's flattering, it's comfortable. Why can't we do this in a tennis skirt? Right. And so that that was one of the first things I asked them to get on, and it's it's been awesome working with their their team though. They have super creative people there, and I you know we look at runways we look at um fashion weeks the street wear 
it, it's really, we've had this blend of all these off-court ideas and taken it on court. And I just think that's kind of what tennis was missing. And that's why I wanted to have my fashion line. I really wanted to bring this fun, colorful aspect that was different and unique um, onto the tennis court. Yeah, I absolutely love all the pieces. Uh, the sports bra is also one of my favorites. With that, <laughs> <laughs> the sparkle skirt, you know, I love a sparkle. So yeah, I mean, there we go. You're getting the shimmers and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, it's funny because we were. I, I was just talking with the designers a couple weeks ago, and we were going over. Um, I don't know if you guys have you seen the U.S. Open one. Wait, I haven't gotten it in yet. I don't think. But okay, okay. So the U.S. Open one is really cool. Okay. Um, I'll give you a little sneak peek. It's like, it's yeah. red, white, blue, yellow. Okay. Like it's pretty, it's very Americana. Nice. And, um, uh, but I, we were working on some of the off season, uh, stuff for later in the year for the holidays. And I'm like super excited about some of these graphic <laughs> tees we're coming out with. Oh, cool. uh, it's really, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And we're getting creative with some at Wimbledon. I had a long mesh skirt, which yes, I love. I, I, practice, I actually <laughs> practice in it and we're playing around with the hype because I, you know, it's, tennis doesn't do anything new like that, I no. feel like. So uh, it's a skirt that I basically I practiced in, and then I went and had my coffee. Nice, perfect. <laughs> I mean, changed the shoes out, and even if I didn't, I was, like, feeling pretty trendy. So I'll yeah. have more of things like that coming out, which I'm really excited about. But this has been such a, a fun process for me. I mean, really, I fashion to me is just, it, in all honesty, going, okay, so going back to me being shy when I was younger, fashion was actually what helped me be a little bit more outgoing. I would wear some, some cool pieces and it was a conversation starter. And that's okay. a little bit how I started, you know, talking with people and, and getting a little bit more outgoing. So fashion for me is kind of a big deal. Yeah, I was going to ask you how long fashion has been important for you in your life, but it sounds like it's always kind of been intertwined and you've always kind of made your own mark and set your own style, which I yes. love. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, I definitely, I mean, growing up in Minnesota, Wisconsin, I'm, I'm sure I have my fair share of pictures <laughs> in jeans and flannels and yeah. hiking boots. And <laughs> nice. Um, but um, no, it's it's been a long time, though, that I've like once I kind of started getting into that, probably in like eighth grade maybe right okay when I moved down to yeah. Florida, I yeah. started getting some unique pieces that I bought for me and then people would just mention it and then I was like oh wow I can talk to people about fashion and that's kind of what spurred it on and it's just always I love it I love finding new trends I I love shopping obviously but yeah I'll tell you one of my favorite places to shop and find new styles is Hong Kong there's oh a, really? A tournament at the end of the year. Okay. And I love it. Like the streetwear <laughs> they wear, just walking around, are are items you would find in the runway over here. Like I love it. It's so extra and over the top. <laughs> ahead of it, I love it. I told Lucky and Love, I was like, if we're having a team inspo trip, we're going to Hong Kong. Nice. And we're some inspiration. That would but, be amazing. Um, it, it's cool because I go. You go to Australia and you have all this cool beachwear. They have some really awesome designers down there that I get inspiration from. You go to Paris and the Parisian style is just so mm -hmm. much more simple and elegant. Yeah. London kind of has their punk rock or New York City as a medley. Like I, I find, and actually Charleston's one of my favorite places to shop. Okay. They have some awesome stores down on King Street. So, you know, fashion for me is, is a lot of fun and I'm really happy that I get to kind of show it off on the court too. That's cool. Now, do you have any plans to get other players on tour in your clothes? 
I think that was maybe going into year two. We were going to okay. start talking about that. Um, Have you had well, any interest from players? Have any has anyone uh, approached you? <laughs> the players that aren't signed don't have signed deals yet, for sure. Um, it's it's definitely something we're looking into, and actually we're we're looking into getting some juniors into it too. I have a lot of. Um, cute little girls that follow me on my Instagram and they're out there playing tennis and high socks and all my gear. So actually that's kind of the next step for us is seeing, you know, if there's some sort of ambassador program that we want to get started with it and just to kind of spread this fun in playing tennis, being yourself, being strong, strong is beautiful. And that's, that's the lucky in love way. That's, that's my way. So I think that's year two. Okay. Okay. more, More of that. That's exciting. So there's more to come. So we'll yes. see. Nice. Um, aside from yourself, who do you think has some of the best fashion on the courts right now? Best fashion on the court? Yeah. You know, is there anyone who's rocking it? Here's the thing. I, it's <laughs> tough to judge players on their fashion because the Nikes and the Adidas's tell them what to wear. Like they right. tell them which skirt and shirt from the line to wear. It's not even like, hey, here's the options from the spring yeah. summer what do you want to wear? They've been told you need to wear this skirt with this tank top for matches. And you can, if you have a night match, you can wear this tank top. Right. (laughs) So I don't like to say, I don't like to judge because they're not really in control of that. I'll we'll say, we'll shift the question to off court when they're not playing. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Off court's a better indication because <laughs> yeah. I think I think there's actually a lot of players that have some have some cool style off the court, and it's really and we have players from all like corners of the globe, so right. you have a lot of different cool styles. But I will say, like, um, who who off the top of my head? Um, well. The people that I'm close to, I I got Lucy shopping for a while. So she, it's <laughs> funny because she was always like a little bit more conservative, mm-hmm. and then she'd go shopping with me, and I'd be like, "No, Lucy, you just just try <laughs> these on, even if you don't buy them. Like that's what you got to do. You got to take yeah. some risks when you try things on." So I felt like I got her to come out of her shell a little nice. bit shopping. Um, but you look at some of the photo shoots uh, that Sloan has done, that Naomi Osaka has mm-hmm. done, that. Um, Sabolkova loves her fashion. Um, I think um, Serena obviously loves it. Like, she's got some great stuff. It's yeah. funny because at one point, Serena came up to me somewhere, I think it was last year, and she was just like, you know, I, did, I think it's so cool that you can wear such crazy outfits on the court. Like, that's so good for you. I don't think I could do it. I'm like, what? Really? Like, You've worn some, like, unreal stuff on the court. Like, that's, totally. that's super badass. Like, but she, like, she's just got, she's got a cool style. Um, so it's, it's, I, I like talking fashion on tour. I think a lot yeah. of girls have some cool style. You go all around the world. I always ask if I'm ever in a country, I'll ask the player from that country, where do I need to shop in Romania? Nice. Where do I need to shop here? And, Very and cool. kind of get, get the places to go. You've been commentating a bit at some of the tournaments when you've been injured and stuff like that. Was that also something that you approached them or they approached you? Uh, I think, well, when I was injured, I, I actually threw it out there that I obviously wasn't going to be competing and I would love to mix in some commentating. So I, I, that U.S. Open, I was on crutches with my knee. <laughs> I did a little bit of work for the USTA. I did a little bit of work for Tennis Channel and I mixed it up with ESPN and really enjoyed doing it. I think it was fun to kind of jump in that and see what I liked about TV. Obviously, I've done interviews, but it's mm-hmm. a little bit different to be on the other side. 
Um, it's, it's, it was definitely a learning curve, but the last couple grand slams, last few tournaments, um, I've been working with ESPN and I love it. I mean, really, I think, you know, for me, I want to show how exciting tennis is. I want to give the side of the story of all these players because I know them, I play them, I compete against them. So it's been just, it's been fun kind of giving that side. I feel like sometimes that's what's missing a little bit. And I'm happy mm-hmm. that I, you know, I get a platform to to talk about something I love with people yeah. that I've admired and played against and played with. And uh, I, I definitely see myself doing a little bit more. Like I'm kind of, I just say I'm moonlighting with ESPN yeah. a little bit. So I think last year when I, when I was playing doubles and mixed doubles, uh, we had Jamie Murray and I had gone in, I think after we won our quarterfinal match, uh, we went into the ESPN booth, did an interview as a team, and then mm-hmm. ESPN was like, hey, do you mind just, you know, staying for the next segment and, you know, bringing down some <laughs> tennis? And I was like, well, I'm pretty casual right now. Like, I'm not really, I'm dressed up as the, you know, yeah. as the player, not yeah. as, as the host. And they're like, now you're fine. We're good. So they've been really That's great awesome. being flexible kind of around my schedule. I did a little bit at Wimbledon mm-hmm. when I had some time just now, and it's it's a lot of fun. But they have a, yeah. they have a fun group of people, I, I think, it's great to have all the different personalities in both Tennis Channel and ESPN. I've had, I've really enjoyed myself. We are loving your commentary. Anytime you come on in our office, we have to turn the volume up. It's like, Beth's talking, turn it up. We want to hear what she's saying. So you have such yeah. a great perspective. It's interesting because I feel like, you know, when we've watched tennis in the past and you've listened to some commentators, it's, it, there's a, there's sometimes a, a critical you know, tone to it. And I've really Mm -hmm. done my best to sort of give enough information on to maybe why there are mistakes or why someone's missing or why someone's really beating someone else game style wise. And I I think offering those um, insights is really helpful to, to understanding, you know, some of these matchups. And I think, you know, for me, I see it from the beginning. You know, I see first round matchups that are amazing. I know yeah. media sometimes shifts towards quarterfinal, semifinal matchups. I'm like, those are going to be great when they yeah. happen. <laughs> I was like, right now, these first rounds, there's going to be some upsets. There's going to be some excited. There's actually players who have won slams and players who have semi that are not seated. Someone's coming back and they're playing first round. And so I've really, uh, you know, done my best to kind of bring bring a, a little bit more excitement all around because, you know, the players on tour are so good. And I yeah. actually, I don't even think tennis does it, or uh, sorry, TV does it justice. I think once people see tennis live, they have a better understanding. I know you've hundred percent of pro matches live, but it's how big of a difference is it to see it on TV? The angle is actually a little strange, so you don't, realize how much angle they're getting, how much spin right. they're getting, how t- much they're moving. I mean, the fact that Rafa and Djokovic are sliding on hard court, you can't really see how athletic and tough that is on TV all the time. And since I've played it and I've been around it and I've seen it live, that's what I want to get across to viewers who maybe are just kind of flipping the channel and, and don't know and haven't seen it live because I yeah. think that's what mi- is missing out on tennis a little bit. And that's what I want to kind of, you know, get out there to to viewers on TV. For sure. Well, keep doing it because we love it. We're here for it. <laughs> if you could commentate yes. every match, we'll listen yes. for sure. Although we'd rather watch you play. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I. It's funny because I get both messages. I get both. Hey, uh, we love watching you play, but we love you in the booth. Yeah. We really want you playing. Can but we I was like, Don't worry. I'll balance both for a little yeah. while. So. Well, speaking of playing, what does the rest of 2019 look like for you right now? 
Okay, so I'm getting ready to go to Cincinnati here in a couple days, and then I'll be heading over to New York for U.S. Open. After that, I'll come back home for a couple days, and then I go to Asia. So we, I have okay. a trip in Korea, Wuhan, China, Beijing, Hong Kong, my shopping. And actually, Hong Kong's where I'll end my year, I think. So I'm pretty pumped. It's a great place. I feel place, like you should get a whole group of girls, and you all just go shopping and document I, it. 100%. Like, I'm, I'm actually going to see if I can convince Lucky and Love to, to come out there with Do me it. and spend a few days. Because it's, like, it's some serious shopping. Like, they take shopping serious. Nice. Shopping is not serious here in the U.S. until you see what, like, wow. happens in Hong Kong. Um, another question. You've mentioned Lucy a few times. We all do miss seeing her on tour, but are so happy for her now that she's off tour and doing so well and yes. all of her new her new chapters in her life. Yes. But your partner in crime has been missing. So we've seen you play doubles with a few different personalities. What are you looking for in a doubles partner? Are you looking to partner up with someone consistently? Have you had to change some of your goals because of that? Talk about doubles. So, you know, for me, doubles has always been about playing with someone that I'm friends with. And that's kind of, I think that's so important. That's really how Lucy and I started. I mean, we were great friends on the court and we clicked right away. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we just had a ton of easy matches in the beginning. We we got through some three-set matches, but I really, I think it's the energy and the relationship is the most important aspect. So for me, I've been playing with people that I like playing with, that I'm friends with. And I mean, that's a lot of people. Like I have a lot of friends on tour. So <laughs> that's I've been, a good problem. I, I've, yeah, no, I've been playing with a, a few different people. I played with Flipkins in Eastbourne. I played with Danielle Collins. Yeah. In um, I played with Peng Shui in uh, San Jose. I'm playing with Coco Vandaway at Cincinnati and U.S. Open. And then nice. Asia's still up in the air. So okay. I... Uh, <laughs> But it's been fun playing with a few different people. I've talked to a lot of different people about uh, scheduling some stuff out and maybe playing the tournament here or there. Obviously, I would love to find someone that you're playing consistently with just to give yourself a shot at the year-end, WTA year-end mm-hmm. championships at the end of the year to be one of the top teams. It takes some consistency. But I feel like I can play good doubles with a lot of different people. As long as that connection is there, that that energy, you it gets you through a lot of matches. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's more fun <laughs> that way. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so let's wrap it up. We're excited to watch you in the U.S. Open and all the upcoming tournaments. But a few quick questions to finish off. First things first, how's Ruger? Ruger's good. I actually don't know if you can hear him right now. He's laying <laughs> at my feet, <laughs> kind of groaning. That's so funny. He's everything. so funny. He's, he's a big baby. Uh, yeah. He's the third person that sleeps in our bed. Um, <laughs> and he he dreams. And But he's uh, he's pumped for his W-A-L-Ks. I can't say yeah, it because yeah. he'll cry until we yeah. But uh, no, he's 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 doing really good. He's not awesome. he's not a road dog. He's definitely a homebody. <laughs> okay. Oh, he, I'm sure he's happy to have time with you right now. Yes. Okay, what is the Bethany Maddox Sands signature shot? Signature shot? Yeah. I think the signature shot is that I don't have a signature shot. <laughs> I, like, I feel like I'm one of these players that I like pulling out a lot of variety. Obviously, I can hit powerfully. If you're, you know, holding my hand to the fire here and making me pick something, I would probably <laughs> aim towards the volley situation, but right. you know, one of my favorite shots to hit is actually the drop shot. That's just, okay. it doesn't come out all the time. Um, but I do love hitting it and I feel like I've hit some pretty good ones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll take your drop shot anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Any new fun projects on your horizon right now? Oh 
man, we always, so I, believe it or not, Justin and I have a podcast and it's going to be a little unfiltered. It's going to be us basically. I love it. And we're, <laughs> I feel like we're pretty hilarious together. We've Agreed. been, we've been married for 11 years now. It's going to, yeah, it's going to be 11 this year. And so, and he's on the road with me. So it's going to yes. be talking about our road life, how we met. That's going to be coming in the off season. I'm actually talking about doing another morning show uh, for tennis, because that's what we miss. Tennis is missing some, totally. some conversations. So we, yeah. we only see it at the tournaments, and then it's then it's kind of out. So um, obviously, I still have my fashion with Lucky and Love. All those new things are coming out. My ambassador program, Sandstorm stuff. Um, yeah. I, man, I, I only have like two months off in the offseason. <laughs> I got to train again. So there's yeah. I'm always doing something new. Um, but... I've, uh, I've realized with myself that if I, I also can't do everything. So I'm yeah. uh, figuring that out as well. But there's a lot of new stuff coming out. Um, throwing it out there, I'm starting to write a book. Um, that's going to potentially come out. Yes, um, Blogs and things like that. It's going to be a lot more interactive. Um, just as much as I'm open on social media, you know, Instagram, you can only write so much too. Right? So it's going to be a whole new website uh, with new things that you can follow me um, and read up on me, some tennis videos, things like that. So actually, nice. actually a lot of new stuff is coming. Yeah. Out. So stay tuned. I love it. Okay. Saying, yeah. Stay, stay tuned. I'm, I'm already subscribing to the podcast okay. too. I cannot wait. There we go. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be real. I'm sure. I'm, I'm excited. Um, what does your best day off look like? Best day off is at home with Ruger on my big orange couch watching a Law & Order marathon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which I've all, I feel like I've seen almost every episode, and when there's one that comes on that I haven't, I'm like, no, I don't believe it, and I have to watch it. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, what is your current favorite cocktail of choice? Current favorite cocktail? It's a good. It's a, so actually, I'm uh, a part owner in a mezcal company called Kimosabe. So it is a Kimosabe spicy margarita. Yes. Salt on the rim is a must. To yes. me, I dream about that. So that is <laughs> probably later tonight. Maybe I'll I'll mix one up. Yes, that sounds amazing and delicious. Um, current gear. Have you made any changes to your setups or anything? To uh, what I'm playing with, you mean? Yes, sorry, uh, right racket. No, but I'm, I I always play I always play around with um, things. I don't. It's funny because a lot of times I'll take recommendations on the guy who customizes my racket mm-hmm. or on someone else Babylon recommending something. But I don't like to always know what I'm playing with. So if I right. in the off season, if there's a new string, a grit, something new, even new racket, I'll I'll always have a hit with it. I mean, I'm. I know my setup is awesome. For the, what I like, if there's something better, hey, I'm I'm okay Give with that. Go. But I know I got something that I love. I mean, my strike, my Babolat strikes, playing awesome for me right now. My string setup, it's it. I feel like it's the best of. It's that like I get I put a new grip on and I just I it feels good and nice. I feel good walking out there with a racket in my hand. But the shoes, obviously, I'm still in my Adidas. Uh, ones that I've been wearing for a while. And I know it's funny because anytime I, I look on TW's website and I'm like, yeah. man, they don't have the right colors. I'm like, am I going to have to try a new shoe? That takes yeah. a little, that almost takes more time than getting used to a different racket. I would so, agree. <laughs> um, so I'm sure in the off season, we, you and I will be doing a little bit more of that. Well, shoe testing, yeah. Yes, exactly. For sure. Um, seeing if there's another a new uh, line out that's that's lighter, better than the one I'm wearing. But yeah. right now I'm pretty happy with my, with my current setup, and I feel like it's working for me. 
Good. Yeah, it seems to be. You look great on the court, so that's always half the battle, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what legacy do you want to leave behind? Um, you know what? I I haven't thought much in the fact that I'm not sure when I'm retiring first. Right. <laughs> I still, I'm a being in the moment person. I think yeah. we create our legacy by creating our best moments, like in real time. I, I think that's the best way that we can control that. And that goes to what am I doing in this moment? How am I reacting to this? How do I want to go about this challenge? How am I, how am I starting my day? And I think all those little details are what in the end, everyone looks back and is like, wow, this, you know, look at the legacy someone's left behind. I think it's, I think it's in all those little moments. So it's, you know, it's sometimes nice to kind of zoom out and look at the big picture. But for me, most of the time, you know, I, I have my goals and things that I like, but it's very, it's very in the moment. And I feel like when I can focus on that, I'm going to get the best quality life. I'm going to, you know, set the example that I want to set and enjoy my life. So that's, that's kind of how I, yeah, that's how, that's how I think I'm (laughs) rolling with that question. (laughs) Okay. Last question. What's the best piece of advice you can give our listeners right now? Best piece of, don't beat yourself up. I don't care how bad you miss that forehand. It doesn't (laughs) matter. Beating yourself up is not going to help you make your forehand. You're ridiculous. Oh my gosh. I need that Uh, advice. Here's the thing. Just tell yourself, you want to help yourself make it. That's not going to help yourself make it. Let it go. Like, we're good. All right. We're making the adjustment. Next time. (laughs) I think I just see that getting in the way of people having fun. You're going to make mistakes. The pros make mistakes. It's letting them slide off. It's really, and it's not ignoring them. I know there's some repetitive ones that probably drive everyone nuts. And it's just like, just look at it a little different way. Think outside the box a little bit, but don't beat yourself up. It's not, it's not getting any of us anywhere. I promise the other, the other road will help you improve your tennis game quicker. Yes. And you'll be enjoying it. So that's boom. Life advice the right there. Yes, I love it. I'm a lot more, but we're gonna we're gonna focus on that. I know. I was gonna say I could keep asking these questions for hours, but yeah. Where can everyone follow you on social media? How can they get a little Beth in their life? <laughs> a little Beth in their life every day. Yeah, uh, every so day. Instagram at Maddox Sands. That's my Facebook. That's my Twitter handle. And I'm pretty, I'm on there all the time. I mean, really, I'm kind of showing you behind the scenes. I'm posting about everything that I'm doing, whether it's on the court, off the court. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing a lot of things and I kind of take everyone on the journey with me. So yeah, follow me on all my social media accounts and you will be able to know where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get tons of great quotes and you can just keep exactly. getting get that quotes, life you'll advice. Get humor, you'll, yeah, you'll get everything. It's like a therapy session a little bit. There, yeah. <laughs> there we go. I tell, Everyone I'm needs to stand it. on that later too. I'm move it from Insta. It's going to be more of a blog, a book at some point. So everyone's very you stay tuned. Woo, yay. Well, we're so excited. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, and thank you it, so much. I'm if so glad anyone, I got to be the first one finally. Yes, we're so glad excited. We, glad we kicked yes. this off. Finally. <laughs> and if anyone wants to continue the conversation, feel free to email us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And in your comments, let us know who you want to hear from next time on Talk Tennis. And until next time, happy hitting. Happy hitting.